it's that time again. Welcome to This Week in the 90s, brought to you by a more serene this week, I hope, alive and kicking the 90s football podcast. My name is Ash Rose. Thank you very much for joining us once again, where we'll talk more 90s goodness today. There's some tin hats will need to be put on because we're talking Kevin Keegan. And we're also talking Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, which is obviously very relevant as he's doing very well at Old Trafford at the moment but I couldn't do this alone of course um, my two friends who are much more um, they're going to be not going to be at each other's throats this week we hope uh, well they might be because we're going to go back to that issue of last week in just a second but firstly um, let's do it a different way around he is a writer uh, from many plethora of outlets including 442 new issue out now uh, Mr Matthew Christ how you doing Matthew hang on a minute mate hang on just give me a minute I'm just um I'm just editing my notes here. I'm just taking out any reference to anything that isn't Premier League or um, <laughs> pre-1992. Hang on a minute. I might be a while. Yeah, yeah right. we'll get go. to that in a second. Um, the person laughing, of course, as well, is, our, is the third wheel on this, of course. He is social media mobile. Oh, I'm always the third wheel, baby. <laughs> Every aspect of my life, I am the third wheel. The grandfather clock of Alive and Kicking. I haven't called you that for a while. Um, mm. Mr. Joe Young, how are you doing? I'm all right, yeah. Um, it, it's been it's been quite the week, really. You know, getting beat by Newport County in in what was said to be a quagmire, but I didn't, yeah, it did look like it. Uh, but you know, there's no excuse for it. I mean, God bless them. I, I, I'm just very happy for all the Middlesbrough fans that lumped a load of money on Newport County, and I know they were out there. <laughs> yeah, well, Catherine, keep, you're one of them. Keep your uh, well, there's a nineties twist to this fact. We're in the fifth round for the first time since 1997. Who did you play in 1997 then? We was lost, that Barnsley? We lost to... Yeah, that was the, the game we won with the famous Trevor Sinclair kick that we talked about last week. My um, favourite goal. A fantastic goal. Uh, best goal of the decade. And we were knocked out in the next round by Wimbledon, which I think I was there. I think that's Mark, I think I was sitting in the Wimbledon end, actually. Mark Haley scored. <laughs> one that of sounds rare. like a sexy game for the ages, doesn't it? Yeah, QPR versus Wimbledon with, in 1997. With Mark Haley. No, it can't have been. Was Haley still there? Haley, hey, what, QPR? Yeah. Might be thinking of a different game, but yeah, we were knocked out by Wimbledon. Our friend Mark Haley. Yeah, mean. friend. Well, no, because he didn't actually come on the show, did he? Mainly because I didn't want him to. <laughs> 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 Only joking, Mark. You're welcome. Talking to people. Rangers, Rangers won tonight, 4 2, I think. Oh, did they? It was quite hairy, yeah. There was a man Aberdeen. sent off on for Aberdeen, man sent off for Rangers, yeah. It was all going off. I, Rangers were in my bet. I had Rangers, Manchester City and Barcelona and Barcelona let me down. I didn't even know El Clasico was on. There must be the quietest build-up to was El Clasico. The, it ever. was uh, Copa del Rey. I know, yeah, so. I know it's the cup, but even so, you, you think everyone, I suppose it's not on. That's because all the hype was over the uh, Birmingham Brighton game. I couldn't even oh, remember who it was. West Brom. West Brom. West Brom. Down, down the road. I mean, we're, we're doing this now. It's five to eleven on Wednesday night. That has just finished at twenty. I think it's still. I've heard it's still going on. And I, I, I just tweeted out like, imagine leaving a game at twenty-five to eleven on a weekday night. And like, we're not Spanish. It's all right. No, <laughs> nobody was there anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> there was a whole stand closed. Did you see? Yeah, eight thousand there were then. Yeah. Six hundred odd were away right, from. Because I wouldn't have gone if I was. I certainly wouldn't have gone if I was a Brighton fan. I probably wouldn't have gone if I was a West Brom fan in the locality. Because I'm not going to pay 25 well. quid in this weather to go and sit and watch someone they're acting watch on the telly that you kind of deep in your heart of hearts think you're going to get knocked out in anyway. Does yeah, but look, make on, me look, a bad football fan. No, look I'm on the you. bright side, Joe. Had you gone, mm. you would have come home tonight and you'd have missed Question of Sport. I've turned so, it off. Turned it off. So I think that's one one good reason to go to a midweek game, so you don't have to watch Question of Sport. Why is, is this program still on? We should do an episode like, on the nineties Question of Sport. 
Well, Sue Barker was still doing it in the bloody 90s, no, wasn't it was, she? Um, what's his name? David, David Coleman. Coleman. Yeah, David Coleman. Bill Bowman. Well, at the beginning, and... maybe, but I bet she was doing it at the end. Yeah, she would have been doing it late. I bet she was doing late it at the 90s, end of the yeah. 1990s. Jesus. Yeah. Look it up, Ash, while we talk about it. I'll tell you who's on at the minute. It's, it's uh, Robbie Hunter Paul, Julian Lescott's on. Oh, it's just murder. It, it's it's just you know that this has still got the longest. I think this and Top Gear have got the two longest guest lists for sorry for audience lists for people who want to go and watch them. No wonder we voted leave, honestly. Uh, presenters <laughs> till yeah, Will Carling was till Will Carling. That's no, that's I read that wrong. David Coleman until 1997. So, yeah. And then who? Sue Barker. Sue Barker. Yeah, she took over then. I thought God, so she's she been doing it for 22 years. That's insane. Holy, I knew it was the 90s, I told you it was. Yeah. You know, Top the Pops and then, well, Bill, you know, then Christmas Park, then EastEnders. Bill Bowman <laughs> did, apparently he did a couple of ones as, as the host. I don't remember that. That must have been terrible. He could barely be a captain, let alone a host. Good old Bill Bowman. But... The original host was, was it David Vine originally? Then oh. David Coleman. Stuart Hall. <laughs> well, Lee said about Stuart Hall. Yeah, Stuart Hall, then David Vine, then David yeah. Coleman. Anyway, we're going with, um, we've got to address a couple of issues before we get into the meat of the show. Uh, firstly, for those who listened to last week's show, would have noticed that the ending fell off at the uh, the edit suite. I don't know what happened there. Apologies to that. You missed the last two minutes of the show. I didn't cut it off because these two two were yeah, what, bickering. What you, missed, what you missed Basically was Joel, just what, me. Joel, Joel admitted that he was wrong and I was right. Uh, and, uh, well, this is the second issue that we have to address. Firstly... I could play in the clip, and I might even do that at the end of the show just to prove it. We we did Matthew. Play in now, Ash. Play in now. Play in now. This the, the argument was that we did this. If you haven't listened to it already, go back in the archive, as they say. We put together an ultimate top flight of the nineties. Joel put this challenge to us and stated that it was Premier League only. Matthew thought it was decade only, so he included Luton Town. Either way, I don't know what Luton Town were doing in it anyway, but I, you know we 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 went with it. Um, that was the argument, and here is the result of what was actually said when the challenge was set by Joel two weeks ago. Yeah, I'll tell you what, that's your homework for next week, right? We've got to have our 20 teams who you have in, in, if the Premier League could pick 20 franchises, let's let's just treat you like that, they could pick 20 teams, who do they want in there, and there's no relegation ever again, so that's your homework for next week. Okay, we'll do that for next week. So there you go, Joel was right, we did agree to it being, well, I don't think he, I don't think you heard me agree in there. I think you heard Joel declare that that was how it No, I don't think it was. The challenge was Premier League. That was the challenge. It was my game. It was my challenge. I make the rules. It's my ball, and I'm going on. <laughs> That's it. It's my game. I said, "What would be your ultimate Premier League? Don't you Ensley? Don't you Bartley's today League Division One?" Matthew or everyone else, whoever else had it in the early 90s, you know. Um, I was all about the Carlin Premiership. Exactly. And, uh, Carlin yeah. Premiership, yeah, that's what um, So that's one issue settled. As I said, I'm sorry, the ending of that show, you didn't miss anything other than... What you also forgot to mention was that when Joel announced his top flight yes. Premier League team of the 90s, he forgot to include Tottenham Hotspur. No, I did. On the podcast, I said Tottenham. When I tweeted it out... Well, I might have been a bit inebriated. I forgot <laughs> to mention Tottenham. So I did apologise to Andy uh, at Stato 74. I did apologise to him. He was right to pull me up on it. And I pulled out Palace, I think, and put in Tottenham. So I do apologise to Tottenham fans. 
you know, Palace, whatever. Well, that was, <laughs> that was Andy Rockle, who has actually been on the show way back, uh, a Tottenham fan. But I have some very... Well, read this email. We, we had an email. Yeah, we do get some mails, believe it or not. And this, this guy, his name is Tim, has got the definitive answer to this challenge. So what or, is this based on? I will read this email and bear with me. It's okay. quite lengthy, but I believe we need to set the scene of what he Let's has done. Let's let it breathe. Yeah, so he says, Hi chaps, having enjoyed the debate on last week's show, I set about putting together my own ultimate 90s top flight. Unfortunately, being a bit of a stats geek, especially when it comes to football, what should have been 10 minutes of idle procrastination ended up in a few hours of compiling spreadsheets, drawing Wikipedia, and ultimately wondering whether this really was the best way to spend my Saturday morning. <laughs> Good but, lad. I had a plan. I would work out the number of top flight games each by played by each team during the 90s, and I would simply take the 20 teams with the most games to form my ultimate league. Easy. But if something's worth doing, it's worth doing properly. So strictly keeping it 90s, I would only include games played between the 1st of January 1990 to the 31st of December 1999. Cue Googling, Googling each team's individual match records for the 1990 and 1999 I'm a bit worried about bloody Luton, Matthew. But why stop? That's not the point. So why stop there? An ultimate league without an ultimate final league table would be pointless, literally. So in for a penny, in for a pound, I'd rank each team based on their average points per game during that period. And then in order to appease both Matthew and Joel, I would do two versions, one for the Premier League era and one for the whole decade. <laughs> and as it, turns well, out, as it turns out, there isn't much difference between the two versions, with 18 of the 20 teams appearing in both. Arsenal, Villa, Blackburn, Chelsea, Coventry, Everton, Leeds, Liverpool, Man City, Man United, Newcastle, Forest, Cupid. Oh! Sheffield Wednesday, <laughs> Southampton, Spurs, West Ham and Wimbledon. However, Joel's insistence that it should be an ultimate 90s Premier League as opposed to top flight ended up being rather appropriate as the Premier League only version sees his beloved Borough together with Leicester join the league at the expense of Palace and Norwich, who then drop out. Unsurprisingly, both versions of the table see United finish top, followed by Arsenal, Liverpool and Newcastle. Blackburn leads fine out for fifth and sixth, with Villa, Chelsea and Spurs just behind. Despite successfully battling the drop throughout the decade, Southampton would finish bottom and then joined in the relegation zone by Palace and Coventry for the whole decade and Borough and Man City if it was Premier League only. Anyway, having put that t- together, I thought I might as well share it with my number crunching with you with fellas. Otherwise, it'd been all a bit pointless exercise, wouldn't it, right? Thank you for always entertaining weekly dose of the football nostalgia. Yours, keep it 90s, Tim. Lovely, Tim. I mean, God Yeah, bless get that man on the show. <laughs> yeah, can we, um, can we put this up on Twitter and let everybody see? I've got the attached spreadsheet, so I'll turn it into some sort of graphic thing and I'll put the it The thing on is, in fact, you really can't argue. I know we, we did argue for a good hour last week and we've still been arguing about it. But that's why we got cut short. But um, <laughs> you, but um, you can't argue with that. I mean, that's definitive, that is, isn't that it? That is literally I mean, definitive. So, yeah, I mean, if we were doing all... as Just to, to go through that again, if we're doing all decade then it was Palace and Norwich who sneak in, but if it was Premier League only, Borough would be included... Um, along with Leicester, so well that just goes to prove my point then that Borough basically are just a Johnny Come Lately <laughs> glory Premier League club, oh, but, but I think, I, I think new that, ground I, that everyone I, hates. I genuinely, I don't think everybody hates them. I think nobody cares. Um, hates but, the ground, which is even worse, to be honest. That's going to be hated than not cared about. Um, but I, I, I absolutely think you've got a point in what you're saying around about Wayne that the whole idea of Middlesbrough from 1994 onwards. Or yeah, as soon as as soon as Gibson got Robson in, is that we were going to be this new reborn club? I mean, he always uh, Gibson always compared us to Palmer, I think, and that was how he sold it to Ravenelli and Emerson and Janino, is that we were going to be like Palmer, and Palmer would obviously come out of nowhere and had enormous success. So um, I I think what you said there, Matthew, is valid. Mm-hmm. 
Is that a hint of an apology? No, it's not an apology. I won't apologise to you because I wasn't wrong. But uh, the DNA test is coming in and you are not my dad. Yeah. I think it's insistent. I think, really, you're both right. You said that Burrow would be in a Premier League. Really, he is the peacekeeper. Yeah, there you go. There there you go. That's what I'm doing. I'm being, you know, the the moderator amongst my uh, my merry men here. So yeah, thank you very much. Well, what it did also prove was that Luton Town obviously didn't deserve. No, that proves your. No, Luton Town was idiotic, Matthew. I've got to say, (laughs) it wasn't technically wrong though. That's my argument. My argument wasn't that it was technically wrong. Uh, it was obviously a matter of opinion, but you were arguing that it was technically wrong, which it isn't, because it could have happened. But it wasn't, because I was saying that it was based on Premier League, so I was right. Look, we're all right. We're all right. Apart from Ash, who owes me £10, and he still has I to do. give me in. Yeah, I do owe you £10. It's... I never, ever want this £10. No. I just want to be able to have this forever, just to go. To make me look like a cheapskate, live on air. <laughs> <laughs> You've sorted me out many times, Ash, and plus now that you're, you're the editor of WWE magazine, I'm just getting free tickets for you for the wrestling all there the time. So, in Ash's defence that night, you did hot foot it off pretty quickly into the night, didn't you? Because I seem to remember us staying I went hanging off, around. I, I left with Sid. Yeah, so if Ash had Sid gone went to. Off to discuss what was happening the next day in the world of football nostalgia. Yeah, so if Ash had gone to pay you that £10, you weren't there to claim I, it anyway. True, so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah there I is. It was so uh, hot in there, though. It was it, it, honestly, dear listener, it was a boiling hot, the height of summer, boiling hot summer hot, day in yeah. South London, and there was a pizza oven on. And God bless him, McCallack. So I think it was a nice place, but it was just very hot, and it was outside. And you got to remember, I'm a ginger northerner with Irish blood. I wanted to be, to, you know, I wanted to be sitting in the freezer. I've just opened Tim's spreadsheet actually, and I hadn't looked at the spreadsheet before because I just hadn't had time. Um, these are the teams that actually finish above Luton. Derby, Oldham, Middlesbrough, Sunderland, Leicester and Sheffield United. There you go. Well, you see, I, I mean, all, all of which, well, some, most, Derby got a mention, didn't they? Sheffield yeah. United got a mention, so they're in good company. I think so, the only teams I, no, we, we didn't mention. The guy said Sunderland, yeah. Yeah, there are a few more we did Oh, didn't. you did say, say Sunderland, you got laughed out of town. Yeah, well, Notts County are on this list who were in the uh, yeah. first early days of the first division. Uh, Charlton, well, yeah. who we didn't mention, who were in it in sort of 98. Chat Athletic, yeah. Um, yeah. Swindon, obviously, that season. Did we say Bolton? Although they were kind of... We did say Bolton, but they're, yeah, they're in this list as well. Uh, so Watford, right at the end of the decade. And then Millwall, who were in it right at the beginning of the decade, the only time they've ever been in the top flight, yeah. 89, 90. Can I... Sorry, can I just jump in? Question Sport is still on my telly. I can't believe... I thought you turned I, it off. I, I, you just turned I, it off. Is there no, a poltergeist in your like there's somebody up, there's, a, there's a female athlete on there who's quite pretty. <laughs> <laughs> you shallow man. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I can't even say a name, so I'm not going to embarrass myself. But basically, on Question Sport at the minute, they're doing a crossword. Um, How very... I'm really not sure why. We've done some good... Called... We, we... We've done some good watch-alongs on the show in the past, but this isn't one of them. Yeah, watching Question of Sport. Yeah, you watching Question of Sport, telling us what's going on. That's like the worst ever Gillette Soccer Saturday yeah. ever, that. That's when I'd agree with my wife going, why are you watching them just watching a game? Yeah, I, that for Question of Sport, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't do that. Although, unless it's the 90s version with Dave Coleman, maybe. Maybe we do a watch-along Question of Sport. We're doing a film episode next. I'm going to get it organised. That's the plan. <laughs> That is the, when I get more time to myself. But yeah, well, that sounded wrong. You never have time to yourself, Ashley. You edit two magazines. You do Three. two podcasts. <laughs> Three magazines. Yeah, kick extra as well. Oh, my goodness yeah. me. And you're, and you're always re- renovating your house as well. I'm not doing it. I'm watching lots oh. of men do it. In Ashley's, yeah, but I mean, it, does, it means you can't sleep. You can't go for a nap through the day when there's men, real men, 
who you have to give like a, you have to give like a cup of tea to and make sure it's got yeah. five sugars in. Yeah. So like I've got a I've got a man coming to fix to fit a washer on Sunday, and that's that's I'm already getting a little bit nervous. Yeah, oh my got, God, you must be paying through the note. Builder in London coming out on a Sunday to fix something. I mean, that it's has... no, no, no. It's it's our washing machine died, so we've got a new one coming on Sunday. Getting fitted and everything, which means I can't drink on Saturday night. That's upsetting. Considering we're playing before, is it? Considering... Highbrow high conversation yeah, only on a live and kicking here. Seven in the morning. Seven o'clock in the morning on a Sunday. You'd probably still be out, so I wouldn't worry about it. Oh, oh mate, not these days. I'm too old. I'll be up because I'll have a two-year-old stamping on my head trying to look for the sheep in the garden. So that's what that's how my Sunday. That's, well, that's what happens when you move to the country. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does when you have two-year-olds. Anyway, anyway, it's it's a man Don't don't label me with some Chelsea nonsense, please. Um, right, let's talk some nineties football and put your tin hats on because we're talking Kevin Keegan. Um, this is 5th of February 1992. Um, I don't think we've ever really talked about this part of Kevin Keegan's Newcastle reign, which is the beginning part. We've, all, we've talked to death about the middle of the decade and the, you know, I'd love that and Newcastle being entertainers and it all going wrong at the end, blah, blah, blah. But this is his actual arrival at St James's Park, um, following Ozzy Ardilis, who had been there a year before, just really struggled to get the team going. Um, he, he was sacked after a 5-2 defeat at Oxford that left Newcastle bottom of the second tier, the old second division. So John Hall had recently come in as chairman. He sacked him and brought in Kevin Keegan. Um, we know, Joel, that you've got some certain views of Kevin Keegan, but you're a man of the northeast. What was the feeling, do you remember, at the time of Kevin Keegan coming in as an unknown manager to, to your rivals, Newcastle United? Um, I think... It, it, I mean, this is before all the Keegan bitterness and hero <laughs> worship sort of occurred, really. But I think it was it Ozzy Ardiles who'd been in charge yeah. beforehand. And so it was seen very much as a rebirth and something exciting is going to happen. I mean, the I think we've talked about it before, but the, the model for Newcastle United at that time was, was going to be Barcelona. And I know that sounds a bit sort of wacky, but um, in terms of... What John Hall wanted to do is he didn't just want it to be Newcastle United. He wanted a Newcastle basketball team. He wanted a Newcastle ice hockey team. He wanted a Newcastle rugby team. He wanted Newcastle to become this sporting centre of excellence for, if not just the whole of the United Kingdom, for the whole world. You know that that was the plan originally, but unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, you know it's it's this thing that I've talked about many many times on here is, is that. Newcastle only has one club, and that's Newcastle United. And everybody in Newcastle is obsessed with Newcastle United. That's it. You know, there, I don't think there's another. I think I've said this millions of times as well, but there isn't another city in the country I think that doesn't either have a rival football team or something else going on. You know, like you'd probably think a Hull maybe, but Hull has the rugby. Sorry. Yeah. I was going to say Leeds, but yeah, I mean, you've got the well, Leeds league got rugby and, and the cricket, so yeah. it's, there's other things going on there. Um, it's Leeds I think got a cricket team. Well, Yorkshire play Headingley, actually. Uh, okay. Come on. So there's my cricket knowledge gone. Carry on. Mm. So yeah, it's Leeds got a cricket exactly. team. Yeah, yes, yes. cricket. Yeah, a little bit of a one, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, they're not called Leeds, funny. are they? <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, but yeah, but it's right. It, it's at Henley because the. It, oh, hang on, I, hang on. Here, here we I go. I didn't know this until I lived there. But 
the rugby ground and the cricket ground are literally back to back. Oh, there you go. I wouldn't know that. This um, I don't keep it cricket. And ever, so yeah, so. it's Leeds, Leeds Rhinos and um, Yorkshire County Cricket Club, where in England will go and play games at Headingley, are literally back to back. And I used to live on Nine Ash Gardens, Headingley Leeds, which is literally two minutes walk away. Like you couldn't spit. It's not as near as I used to live to Wesson Park, but still, it's quite nice and leafy. It's quite nice and leafy around there, isn't it? Round Headingley, yeah, it's very, yeah. very studenty. Yeah. But yeah, it's a nice area. Some good pubs, original old. Yeah, some good. Sky pub crawl around there. Yeah, yeah. yeah this, uh, the, the box, I think. Although that might, you know, Leeds people tell me. I don't know anymore. It's been a long time since I've been to Leeds. But um, but that was the plan with Newcastle United. Anyway, is that they wanted it to be Sporting City Newcastle, effectively, and it was it was never going to happen. But when Keegan turned up, I think. It, not to say there was jealousy going on, but there was certainly a bit of begrudged sideways glances as to what was going on. Like, you got the impression that Newcastle saw and meant business now. And you got to remember, they were just saved from going down to the third division then. Um, so it was it was sort of, yeah, they might do something. Well, did Keegan not save them from going yeah, down? Yeah, he did. That yeah, season, he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, carry on. Just So he came in and... Um, and instantly you sort of got the impression that something was going on. And I think we were in the Premier League and ended up getting relegated and then they came up and effectively took our place, which is always fun. Hence the bitterness. Local, well, when your local rivals take your place, it's always it never sticks in the craw at all, that one. But I think at that point, I think it was... It's hard to say optimistic about it, but you sort of thought it might mean something for all of us, if that makes sense. And it, it, I suppose it kind of did for a little while. It always comes back to Middlesbrough, doesn't it? <laughs> I've learned that in life, but I've got no problem with that. <laughs> um, it was only eight years after his final game as player. He had no coaching experience, obviously. Really Let's good. hold on. Let's talk about this final game as, as player at Newcastle. Is this where he left? Like, they brought a helicopter onto the pitch at St James's Park so he could leave and wave. I mean, That was a famous game. Was it against Brighton, Ash, was it? I haven't. That's, you, eight, that's far too eighties for my. Oh record, yeah, but it was a famous. You remember it, Joe, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I huge. Can't it was. I think it was against. I think it may have been against Brighton, and I think he scored, didn't he? On his. He scored on his last game, and then they lowered a helicopter onto yeah. the pitch with the whole crowd in the place, and he got in the helicopter and he left like a departing angel. So no wonder they all thought he was a god. Because basically what happened was he he was the rapture. You know, God <laughs> came and got him and took him away and left all the Geordies in there. You're both, you're both right on that. It was against Brighton, his last league game, but the helicopter moment came in a friendly that he played against Liverpool some days later. So they must have set up. Uh, okay. So excuse my lack of 80s knowledge. Did, did they set up this game? as a, I think it was a fair word. I mean, yeah. Keegan was the king of the master of... PR for his time, wasn't he? I mean, oh, God, he, yeah, was, he, he was he was like that when he left Liverpool. Really, I mean, bear in mind he left to go to Hamburg, didn't yeah, he? and he had all kinds of stipulations written into his contract about what he was going to earn, and the sponsors at the club at the time were sponsored by um, Hitachi, or you know, they were bankrolled yeah, yeah, by a big, yeah, yeah. big company, and he he was heavily involved with. That. I mean, he was he very much knew his worth, to Keegan. You know, I mean, he was he was Is brilliant he, at Liverpool, and then he, but he, he would turn of, up on things like. Um, Parkinson, he was on, and yeah, he was to me. To me, he was the very first footballing superstar, really. I mean, I suppose Not you like could George say, best. well, yeah, it's, but, it's but the I mean, first you can't, one, really. but, yeah, commercially, I think, commercially, I, mean, Keegan, I think Keegan was, Keegan, yeah, Keegan sort of 
I think Keegan learnt from that and, and realised his worth. And I say he was he was in his prime at Liverpool and nearly won the treble, didn't they, in 77. And then instead of sort of building on that, he basically, well, he'd handed in his notice before that season started. He said, he told um, Bob Paisley that he was going to go regardless and um, basically handed in his notice and said he was going. And I mean, for Liverpool, they might argue they got a good deal because they got a certain player called Kenny Dalglish to, to replace him. But um, yeah, he, he. I think that's why he's never made huge friends in the game because he's always been quite business-like. I mean, obviously he's loved in, in Newcastle, but I mean, he's never looked upon what in the way. How how is he thought of in Liverpool? Well, this is an interesting thing. I mean, he talked to long-term, you know, Liverpool fans of that era, and, and people always say what a fantastic player he was, and he, you know, he's a nice guy and all that. But he's never down in the in the. You know, I mean, you know what the heroes of Liverpool are, and we could all talk about them. At, you know, St John and and Dalglish and, and Rush and and Barnes and players. Fowler. They've yeah. all left. They've all left, but they've sort of left at the right time. Whereas I think Keegan sort of, I think there's an element of Liverpool fan. I might be wrong, but feel that Keegan kind of snubbed them slightly and thought there were better opportunities. And he he sort of said thanks, but and no thanks, and left. And sort of, I think. I think there's an element of some Liverpool fans that feel he was he jilted them somewhat. I mean, because they were the best team in Europe at the time when he left, and he and he sort of he saw an opportunity to go to a club and almost make a name for himself at that club, almost as a he was like the focal point of Hamburg when he went there. It was a huge deal. He was he had media around him, and he he sort of took a circus there, and um, you know he allegedly he quadruples his, his wages, or you know he was on. Suddenly, he was on five hundred thousand pound a year. When at Liverpool, he was on ten grand a year or something. Yeah, he was very. You know, very... What? You know what, Matthew? I've just realised something really bad. Um, I own a Hamburg tracksuit top Adidas job. Yeah, with and the HSV the between that the HSV. That's what I've got. Yeah, and yeah. It's, I mean, it's a lovely top. It's white with but it's blue. Got, it's and a Keegan factor to it. Yeah, well, got... there was a sort of a tie. It's almost like the these days of. I'm sort of oversimplifying, but it was almost like these days of players going to America, you know, and, and like Rooney going and, and sort of the, the brand and the promotion that goes with it. I think Keegan saw this as his sort of a vehicle for him to obviously earn a lot more money. I think he, he wrote all these stipulations into his contract. He, he stayed in a, they put him up, up in a hotel that allowed him to, he had about six dogs at the time and they all, they, the hotel cater for these dogs because he didn't want to leave them <laughs> in England or he didn't want to put them in kennels. You know, I think he basically called his, all his own stip- stipulations. But um, but it's interesting because Keegan was here the other few months ago. He was here for a book signing and I was interested to know how he would go down because I say he's almost become a bit of a not forgotten man but he's, I say he's never, you don't see the banners of him so much on the cop or the, his face emblazoned everywhere at Anfield. But um, apparently he went down a storm and he's obviously a, still a well-liked guy. But I think he just never really endeared himself to the Liverpool public in the way that other other players did, the way that certain players sort of made Liverpool feel like they were the only club in the world. You know, I'd say Dalglish was one of those. But I don't think Keegan did, but um, certainly not the way he did at, at Newcastle. I watched the clip of him being unveiled, which was on um, our friend Sid Lambert's Twitter feed. Uh, yesterday, which is where I got this information from because I didn't have it in my notes. 
Um, and it, it was almost like they didn't, because of in the days without social media and even to a certain extent whispers and rumours and your, your everyday papers, I don't think it was, it was so unexpected. It was like an unveiling of, like he did when he signed for Southampton, very mirrored that. That he was on. Was it was it as good as when Vince McMahon unveiled himself as the, the oh, higher power? Oh, that was the worst angle. Yeah, Hold on. So oh. That was so obvious that yeah. I hated that. That I that still sticks in my mind as the worst angle of all time. Um, yeah, we should do that on the other podcast that yeah. we do. Rash, yeah. give the law down on that. Yeah, there's, that's a, that's an excuse to uh, cheat plug out other podcasts. Me and Joel Matthew is welcome, but I'm, I'm sure of his own admission. Well, only if it, only if we can talk about the attitude here. Yeah, well, maybe about we'll talk about Vince. Yeah, we'll I do. actually quite like that whole storyline, but only basically for the unveil at the end because I thought it was just it was it was it was meant to be either Ted DiBiase or Jake Roberts, and at one point Christopher Daniels as well. Yes, that was mentioned as well, yeah, but um, they couldn't get any of them, so Vince just took the lazy way out. As we're seeing again on Raw this week, the, yes. the angle for the next year is going to be Becky Lynch and fucking Stephanie McMahon, and I don't think I can cope with it. But anyway, can we talk about football? Because that yeah. was just annoying. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, I've, I've got a question I wanted to put to Joel about Keegan and Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Now, we all talk about Newcastle, like Ash says, it's easy to remember them as the darlings of the 90s and the entertainers and what have you, which they were. And, you know, we all mentioned them in our 90s stroke top flight, stroke Premier League. Definitely, yeah. Um, table. But you've got to remember when Keegan came into this Newcastle team, they were far from the Newcastle that we remember now. I mean, you'll know this, Joel, as well as oh, anybody. God, yeah. but, you know, the sort of late 80s into the early 90s, Newcastle, I mean, they used to get gates of about 11,000, 12,000. Well, see, this is another thing that used to wind us up and I'm not going to sit and say that Borough were getting millions and millions because we weren't either but this whole idea that Newcastle were always having 50,000 gates every week that's not true no it's not true 11,000 12,000 but there's this idea now that has built up that they have got the most loyal fans in the world and that was another thing that wound us up and I think it's similar with I think Sunderland fans feel the same way as well that you know Oh, Newcastle have got the best fans that go there through there through thick and thin. Nah, they were getting. No, it's far from it. I mean, I remember. I mean, I remember. when this old in between sort of Gascoigne Mirandinia sort of time, yeah. you know. But then uh, that, that that era, that Gascoigne Mirandinia era, I remember the odd live game that would be on. You know, like we said in the, on ITV or BBC, or even if it wasn't on television, Newcastle would quite often get twelve. I think. I think the average attendance when Keegan took over was 16,000 or something yeah. like that. I mean, it really... Keegan, I mean, as Keegan a caveat, we have to say that all gates were low in their 80s. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, reasons. yeah. Literally yeah. took the words out of my mouth, but yeah. I mean, well, you know... How many, well, how many were Man United getting? Well, this is the, this is the, this is the argument. United would average Liverpool around about 40 to 40 United. odd thousand. Yeah, it was low compared to now, but it was big uh, in terms of... I mean, you'd, you'd get United probably toxed out of bigger ground, Liverpool... Arsenal, whatever. Still, They'd always, Tottenham, West Ham. Yeah, they would average thirty, late high thirties, forty thousand, which yeah. now people would laugh at. But at different times and all that. But Newcastle wouldn't have been in that league. They would have been. No, they were more, But they were more. I would say between fifteen and the high teens. Yeah, and that, well, like I said, that's their, not. A, that's not a criticism. 91-92 season. I'm looking game by game, and that's about right. It's it, it goes from about sixteen to twenty two thousand, roughly. About uh, yeah. their average. Yeah, it go. wasn't, and, and that's what Keegan did for them. It, it, it's you know, like I said about us, you know, I think when when um, Steve Gibson was going out selling us as Palmer to uh, selling Middlesbrough as Palmer to potential players, realistically Newcastle United were Palmer, 
at that time in, in that suddenly and what he did was you know they Newcastle United are still benefiting from that it's only now that you can go and buy a ticket to Newcastle I think I'm not going to swear by that but I think like that it's not like a season ticket that a season ticket list that goes on for you know there was a three-year waiting list at one point yeah and you the know, ground holds a hell of a lot more now I mean I don't know what St James yeah. Park held Back then, but it, do you remember, Ash, a lot of um, Joe, a lot of it was closed off, or there was one end, uh, the Lees's end, yeah. is it? That you know, half of that yeah. was closed well, down. When you, and... when you go away there now as well, you, you're right up on the third tier. Oh, it's a nice yeah. Say, yeah. And which that was a bloody thing. Yeah. You know, it's 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 like watching a game of Sabutio, you know. So, which fair play, I think I think everybody should do that. You should always took your opposition away as far as possible. So you're not getting that. That's right. From it. <laughs> There isn't no, a foul I think, I think reaching that, corner yeah. at Loftus Road. Um, just to wrap that up then, this he, they finished 20th that first season when Keegan took over. Um, they started with a home win against Bristol City and confirmed league status on the last day of the season with a 2-1 win at Leicester. Um, that is the Newcastle's lowest ever league finish, but it did mean that they survived that season. And then in 92-93, Keegan brought in the likes of Venison, John Beresford, David Kelly, Rob Lee, Andy Cole, who scored 12 goals in 12 games. We, have, we told, have we ever told the Robert Lee story? Have I told this? I don't, I don't remember that story. About no. Robert Lee to Middlesbrough. Have I, have I not told this? Oh, actually, I think he may have, yeah. Oh, well, I have to tell it now. Very if it involves Middlesbrough, yes, you probably told it. <laughs> uh, tell it anyway. Yeah, I have told this. Well, well, what happened was um, Lenny Lawrence was after Robert Lee because uh, I think he came from Charlton. Yeah, Lawrence had obviously been in charge at um, Charlton for years, and he was pumping. You know, he wanted Robert Lee to come in. And he was going to build the team around him, and then Keegan came in for him. And and what he said to Robert Lee was, "Oh well, Newcastle's closer to London than Middlesbrough," and this and of course it isn't. Newcastle is forty miles further north than um, further north of Middlesbrough. So, but this became part of local folklore that, like, Keegan told a load of lies and Robert Lee fell for them and we all sort of rolled about laughing. Whereas now I actually think, well, he's probably right, really, because you just jump on a plane from Newcastle, whereas, you know, from Borough or its environs, you'd have to drive up to Newcastle and then get on a plane and then get down to London. So that is part of the reason. Um, Steve Gibson realised that um, Lenny Lawrence wasn't the man somehow to attract the best players in the world to the football club and that's why he went for Brian Robson so it kind of all came good in the end yeah, it came good in the end and it is for Newcastle as well of course they were promoted the next season and then we went into that era that we were speaking about um, let's go further into the decade now 6th of February 1999 um, wouldn't be a week in the 90s without talking Man United and this is one of those Man United games at their absolute peak this is the treble season this is Nottingham Forest 1 Manchester United 8 it's all about Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, isn't it, Matthew? Yeah, I mean, talk about impact manager. I mean, he's an impact. He is an impact manager at the minute, but he was a hell of an impact player back in the back in those days. But probably when United didn't actually need an impact of all that season when he would come on that whole season when he famously would come on and change games and rescue games. I mean, this one, the game was as good as as good as over, and he yeah. still came on and managed to bang in four goals. But um, yeah, it's, uh, I was watching the watching the highlights today, and uh, yeah, I mean, what a ruthless team! I mean, you you got Cole and York there anyway, banging in the goals, and then if you to bring on forget bringing on a central defender to shore things up and play out time like they probably would now. I mean, you're bringing on a player that's capable of scoring four goals in the last what was it, 18 minutes or something? It's 
ten, eight, ten minutes. It's ridiculous. It's, yeah. It's um. So that's yeah. That's, it's skips off with York, who scores in the first minute. Alan Rogers then equalises for Nottingham Forest. Cole hits right back to get them back in the lead. Um, there was some terrible defending, by the way. I will get to that. Not yeah. taking anything away from. Yeah. yeah. Second half, Cole then after a David Batten spill makes it kind of the game dead. York deflection off the post and and it's four one. You think okay, that's it. York goes off. Um, and Oli Gunnarsson got bought on, and he, he says of his own admission that he was bought on. And Jim Ryan, who was on the coaching staff, just said to him, "Just play nice and simple. We don't need any more goals. Just do your thing." Um, and he went on and scored four goals in ten minutes. So, I mean, it's you know, no player's ever done that. It's the biggest away victory in uh, Premier League history, not top flight Premier League history. Um, and it's, I mean, it was against the team that bottled the league, Joe. And we talked about Ronaldson last well, a few weeks ago about he taking over this team, but. As a neutral, were Man United that good, or were not enough for us that bad, or were we somewhere in between? Um, I, I think it was a, a combination of the two. You know, one was terribly rotten and probably on the way out, and we talked about Van Hooydonk, you know, causing a load of bother there. Um, it was actually that team we were discussing when you put a, the challenge to us about who would be your yes, team. Was, yeah. Mm. yeah. Let's not go there. Yeah, let's not go back there. We finished that. We put Tim, Tim's, Tim put the tin lid on that. No, well, Tim. Tim had the definitive point, you know, yeah. I, I, and I respect him very much for that. Yeah, that's a lot of time. I'm looking at. I've got the spreadsheet in front <laughs> they, of me. Yeah, they were. I mean, Forest were kind of sort of dead and buried already, weren't they? Really, but at the same time, you don't go and win by that amount by accident. And it, 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 it's it's United at their sort of swashbuckling. You know, that's when even people who don't like United are kind of begrudgingly when going. It, yeah, it was that, that relentless. They were just relentless, were they? That team. I mean, they were. I mean, they were obviously good, but even when they weren't good, they were just relentless. For, I did, mean, Fergie. Sorry, go on. I was going to say, did Keane play that day? Well, it's interesting because I've got a note here that I, in the highlights that I watched, I think he sets up the first goal and he's booed by the Nottingham Forest fan, which I thought was uh, interesting. Well, I mean, he's back there now. I don't know. That's what I thought. The irony that he's back there now, which I think is a suicide mission anyway. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, I think you're right, Matthew. What you say about them being relentless, I. I think that's the way good teams should be. I don't. Yeah, like... but, well, Ferguson always believed in. I mean, the, the thing that people don't mention about Ferguson is, in, in the, especially in this modern era, is he was never really afraid to lose. I mean, United would get beaten now and again, probably more often than people think, but they would get beaten. But quite often it's because Ferguson would go into a game. These days, it's all about not losing, isn't it? Like, yeah. I mean, look, take that game tonight, City um, away at Everton. Obviously, City won, but. I bet the main priority now is you don't lose a game and you try and win it. Whereas Ferguson was very much try and win the game. And it was, and he always believed in always creating another chance. He'd always think if there was one last, just get one more chance. If you get that chance, take it. And that's obviously why we know how we know United got so many late goals because he always believed in creating one more chance. And it's just, I think this game epitomises that. I mean, they weren't, it wasn't always a great flowing move, but they just were always on the attack and, and if you attack that often particularly against a pretty average team you're going to score goals so it's well just... well well what Sky did today you might be interested to learn is they showed West Brom 5 Manchester United 5 yeah but when when Ferguson is so pissed off when Lukaku scores <laughs> he's forming like they've already won the league I'm right in thinking that I know they've won the one league in his last season yeah 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 and he's absolutely forming that his last game 
has 10 goals <laughs> Lukaku has scored I was like oh I forgot he was at West Brom yeah. so yeah but you're I right they weren't, fact, afraid, they weren't afraid to not, score, to, to not go for it I think I love the fact yeah. that that was the only scoreline that Ferguson had never had as manager and in his last game it was 5-5 it's just it's just something beautifully brilliant about that uh, that game um, but talking of beautifully brilliant when we talk about strikers of the 90s and we've done it to death on here how the same what a, a time it was Matthew how good and kind of underappreciated was Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Well, he was, he was good. I mean, the only thing that you'd say is that would make suggest he wasn't as good as we think he was. Was that he didn't, he was he didn't get a game that often. Mm. Well, he got a game, but not he wasn't a starter. I mean, whether whether that would happen these days, I don't know. I mean, a player of that potential, would they be prepared to play that sort of role? I'm trying to think. I mean, Surridge kind of does it, doesn't he? At Liverpool. Um, I mean, that's usually because he's not fit or he's coming back from an injury. But I mean, I'm trying to think of a sort of player that that's that potent that you. I mean, I, again, I suppose City have got somebody like uh, yeah. Jesus. But I mean, they're not really in terms of their statistics, their figures. None of them are anywhere near what Solskjaer achieved, are they? In terms of his sort of goal per game, and I mean, they might come on and score a goal or a couple of goals. But I mean, to, to, he was pretty prolific when he did come on. So. It, you know, I, I don't know whether he was as good as we'll never know because I mean, if he'd gone and been a starter at somebody like Tot, you know, Tottenham or whoever was a sort of a top six time uh, six side back then, you, you know, would he have been a thirty odd goal a season man, or was he only really a, what you'd call these days an impact player? I don't. I mean, we've seen this before with, with, with player. Much better turn of phrase than super sub. Well, I was gonna, I was going to say someone like. Um, I mean, he, he's obviously a legend for what he did, but I mean, he obviously, well, he wouldn't, he'd probably disagree, but you know, he obviously was prepared to play the role of somebody that isn't that the manager considered not to be as, as good as the, as the competition. So, I mean, I suppose the beauty is finding somebody that's willing to say, okay, that's fair enough. I mean, it happens in other sports. You get impact players, you get bowlers that come on in cricket. Coming back to cricket, uh, you get, you know, you get, you get, you know, obviously slightly different in American football because everyone's got a specific role, but you've got, you know, you got a kick or it's just, it's, it's a, it's a talent and it's something that if you can have in your team, it's, it's huge, it's a huge advantage because you imagine now having some, a player like that now where if you, if it's nil nil or even if you're one nil up and you bring somebody on with 15 20 minutes to go everyone's thinking oh no this guy could easily score two three or in this case four goals it's 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 a massive part of a of a, a squad which obviously we know they went on and won that treble that year and, and you can't underestimate the value of a player like that it didn't really matter so much in in this game because it was already won but as we all know it he did it in a lot uh, on who a bigger the, stage who was the main the main strikes at that point is it still York Cole and Cole, and York? Cole, Cole yeah, York, who scored yeah. two goals each in this game so yeah. yeah yeah. I mean they were prolific enough I assume Ferguson just never felt that he could drop one of them I, mean, I dare say there were the odd game where he he rotated that's one of them where happened. you've got two just out and out goal scorers isn't it sorry yeah there's not now the, the, this kind of um, thing now for we can only have one up front and you've got the number someone's in the number 10 role and all this I mean that was that's bollocks really I mean back then it was just two strikers <laughs> wasn't it yeah of course it was. You yeah, did, quite great, often yeah. you had, you did have some, like Beardsley was more uh, Well, not, uh, we talked about Ferdinand and, Ferdinand and Shearer uh, yeah. were like that as well. Yeah. And even Sutton and Shearer were like that. And, um, and yeah. One of the league, didn't it? So. Colin, yeah, Colin York. 
Yeah, all this whole thing that you have a number ten to set up a number nine. Yeah, but what they did so brilliantly was they would rotate that role quite often. Cole would be the one that was on the sort of D on the edge of the box, you know, fighting for space, winning the ball back, and then he would flick it through to York, and vice versa. Quite often, York would be the one supplying to to Cole. So it was almost uh, if one didn't succeed, you just swap round and, and the does, other one did. Where does Dwight York? rank for you in Manchester United strikers because yeah. to me he's well, almost like you you almost kind of forget he was Yeah, there. well he wouldn't be in a if you if you if you asked a hundred people to name their ultimate United team, I he wouldn't be I in I don't think he'd get near it, no. No, he wouldn't get he wouldn't get would he no. Uh, no. Did he win the European Cup? Yeah he was there, ninety nine. Yeah, see, I didn't even know. I knew he was there, and I remember him sort of. There was talk of him coming to join us at one point. Of course, there was. There's, no, there's that famous. There's that famous bit where United come wild place and they try to drag him into the dressing room. We've seen that clip. Yeah, I don't know what you mean. Yeah. 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 No, it's it's um yeah no it it's it, it, it does go to show what a great squad can do for you. I mean, well, all this yeah, talk again now. Teddy Sheringham, he was obviously integral that season as well. Yeah, yeah. Was, it's just kind of... Was it like one point two or something? One point one. Who, Who? No, 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 uh, Solskjaer. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Something very small, yeah. From Mulder. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just that, again, I mean, I keep bringing it back to the modern day, but it's just good signings that aren't necessarily huge marquee signings, but a player that can come in. And I mean, that's, I think City have got a couple of players. I mean, that Sane, I mean, I know he's not doing too well. He keep, keeps getting dropped or substituted for City, but, you know, he wasn't a huge buy that no one else could afford I just think he was a clever signing I think managers don't aren't given the time to make clever signings now you know they don't they don't scout players they don't look at a player and think oh next season we could be over here you know it's all about signing the here and now and hoping that it works if it doesn't then they'll move on um, but players like Solskjaer and even players like Sheringham that were obviously proven most people probably thought he was finished but Ferguson well, obviously knew that he had a role that he could still play so. three and a half million for him yeah, yeah. yeah. Twelve. I mean, so, it's a 12.6 or something like that for Dwight York, which I know was a lot of money at the time, but, you know, he did the business that season. Um, obviously, you know, and you mentioned swapping positions with Andy Cole. It wasn't just on the pitch they used to do that as well, would it? Oy! Yeah. Hey. Can I just, uh, can I bring it up to present day? Do it. Um, Solskjaer getting the job? You asked me this last week when you were drunk. It was a, it's a weekly Oh, sorry, but well, I was drunk question. last week, so... Um, I still don't think he will. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I think. Well, I, think, yeah, I don't think United are in a position to be romantic. That's why you know, and I don't yeah. mean to be harsh. You know, I mean, obviously, if he wins the European Cup, or so we, well, yeah, yeah, but but I still think they. Go on. I don't think. I, I just don't think. From a fan's point of view, yes, I think the club are thinking long term. I think they're thinking, no, we need someone to come in and be the next. Guardiola, stroke clock, stroke. I'd worry that they've Pochettino. Had, they obviously have a plan. They should have a plan. This, you know, Solskjaer was a stopgap, so there should be a plan in place. Yes, yeah. Anyway. The plan is apparently that they want it's Pochettino. Pochettino but, yeah. but it's whether I don't know whether we were talking well, about this. I wouldn't this. want Pochettino. Why? Pochettino he could win the league. Should, Pochettino shouldn't go to Manchester United. Either. Well, no. This is what we were saying the other week when we when were I was talking. Pissed. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, on the on the red on the red <laughs> the red button show. But I mean. I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame Pochettino for saying, well, hang on a minute, we're in this new era, we've got this new stage. And obviously, the Manchester United job's a temptation. But, I mean, with that comes a lot of, you know, you lose your first four games out of six and suddenly you're 
Well, you could end up no one wants to touch a, a ice hockey game, couldn't you? When you after you've been sacked, like Mr. Mourinho. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's be Manchester United's up. So okay. So my other question was going to be, what do you make of Paul Ince's comments this week? Nonsense. Him or Mark Hughes or Steve Bruce could have walked in and done the exact same thing. No, don't I wouldn't have. Uh, well, I, th- I think that's typically Paul Ince, to be honest. Who's well, the governor? I mean, I know certain people around these parts that have got absolutely no time for the guy at all. And this is a guy that insisted on everyone calling him the governor. Well, even he had a boot. Yeah, he even got Ferguson to try it. And then there was some case, didn't he, where he got, went into Ferguson's office with an air gun or something, waving it around. My name's Governor now. Yeah, you know, I mean, I just think... The thing that Oli Gershowska has above all those is that he's infectious personality I don't you know Mark Hughes I know first hand from being QPR manager has a lack of that he'd go in there and make a mess of it Paul Ince has made a mess of managerial ever since he did okay at was it MK Dons and then when he went to Blackburn he's too he's too old school Steve Bruce is laughable he's a championship manager at best I think the fact that Ollie's got in there he's a likeable guy he's learnt He's from his mistakes early on in his managerial career. I don't know if he's going to be a you know a long term coach or what sort of coach, but he's taken the ethos of the club and gone with it and let them boys play. I think. Yeah, I mean, you, there is a an element of nothing to lose, I suppose. I mean, yeah. maybe that's what he was suggesting. I mean, you know, people are talking like United are on the brink of winning the league, and they're far from that. You know, this pressure off helps. I mean, a lot of they did play a few good handy teams to play, but they've obviously. He's proven that the other way by beating, you know, some decent teams as well. So, yeah, I'm not. I've been realistic about it. I mean, the way people are talking, you think United are on the brink of winning the treble again, and they really are not. You know, they're just they're nowhere near that at the minute. But so uh, maybe that was just Paul Ince's undiplomatic, undiplomatic way of saying, "Hey, let's not get carried away." He hasn't done anything yet, but no, I, think I suggested he I, I like Paul Ince at Middlesbrough, to be honest. You know, he was a good captain. I think well, Paul Ince is why he stayed in the, the headlines, to be he honest. Was, yeah. I he think, was a, oh. it's, it's a PR. He's, he's a PR thing for Paul Ince, isn't it? I think he would have gone in there with a two-harder hand and try to change and try to oh, yeah. stamp his authority. I think the same, you could say the same for someone like Roy Keane as well. Yeah. I think he would have gone in there Shouldn't and fancied his chances. He would have probably, he would have, he would have probably wanted to take Pogba down. He would have probably wanted yeah. to you know, crack the whip and be top dog. And obviously these days you can't do that. I think Ollie's doing the right thing and I think he deserves a crack at it, to be honest, but I, I don't think he will, even if he wins the championship. Well, I think, I don't know whether well, it's United's choice, though. That's the thing, is it? I mean, if Pochettino doesn't want the job, I mean, it all very much depends on what happens this season. I mean, also it's, though, it's unthinkable, but Tottenham nearly win the league. He's not going anywhere. If they do win the league, he's definitely not going anywhere. Um, but at the same time, you know, look at somebody like Roberto Di Matteo, who exactly. won yeah. the Champions League for Chelsea, and then has gone it. by November, I yeah. think. And like Whitecliff John. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's every likelihood. There's every likelihood <laughs> something similar could happen. I mean, well, United could certainly win the FA Cup, mm. as we were saying earlier. There's hardly anyone left in it. Um, hey, keep your eye on it. Watch out. Yeah. Like I said, there's hardly anyone left in it. Um, <laughs> Europe, I mean, who was to, who's to say, you know, I mean, you know what the Champions League like, I'm not saying it's easy to win, but it's tournament football, isn't it? You get through, they beat PSG, you're in a quarter final, you get a bit of a, a draw. I know it's all ifs and buts and aunties and uncles and all that, but, you know, we've seen teams win that tournament before. Well, that Chelsea team with Di Matteo, far from being the best in Europe, 
but they, you can win it with a, with momentum and a bit of luck. So there's nothing. You, it could happen. Um, but I still wonder whether they would make that decision based on that. And I don't think they would because I think the club as a whole is panicking a bit that they haven't got some kind of long-term plan like they assume that City have got and Liverpool have got and then Tottenham have got, you know, with one of these sort of young dynamic coaches that's going to be there for, I don't know, five or six seasons and going to turn the club around. But it might be harsh, it might be unfair, but I think that's, I think the club are desperate to make some kind of investment for the future. And I don't think it's Solskjaer, to be honest. Well, we'll, but, we'll, but I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But I just think. Oh, we will. We will. Thank you. I'm, I'm still giggling at uh, Blackcliff John and gone to November. That was a good. Yeah, yeah, you like that, didn't you? Yeah, you did. It's a good song. Yeah, it's a great song. Yeah, it's one of the it's, probably, uh, probably his a, best song. Bob Dylan sample in it, or Bob Dylan's in the Have video. Gone to November, gone to November. Didn't we set it's a music song. challenge last week about five random nineties hits? Yeah, we did. I was going. I was going to mention it. Earlier, and I thought I won't because we'll end up having another argument. I think we'll what save that. It, what the five? What was this? Five songs. Well, you were drunk by this stage. Yeah, I think yeah. you were, you were, you must have had about six cans during the the show because I was drinking a lot last week. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Yeah, we noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I think your challenge. Oh, you noticed? Know what have you got? Your own little little messaging thing between the no, two? No, no, no. I could just tell. We could just tell. I, I could, yeah, I could oh, tell. Yeah. It started off all right, and then by the end of we it, we were talking about you behind your back, Joe. Don't win it. Oh, yeah. You turned into Celez Patterson by the end of the show. <laughs> if I'm going to call you a pissed fart, I'm going to do it to your face. Les Patterson, once. Les Patterson, Dame Edna, is probably the funniest comedy show I've ever seen. Well, there you go. All right, yeah. What we talk about next. To remind you, last week you set us a challenge to find five random songs of the 90s. So, seeing as no one's done it, let's save it for next week. Cause I've, I've... Yeah, I'm going to write that down, actually. Yeah. Yeah, but it depends what the, the... But then this, what, what's random? Is it just yeah. what... So, uh, well, but you well, may not Otherwise, remember. it's going to be very seen boring listening. Seen as it's... No. Seen as it's me that is devising the rules and you, it was my rules? idea, Matthew. So, you know, Tim might be able to get his, you know, facts <laughs> and figures out. out. Yeah. God bless him. But um, what? Just five songs that that uh, evoke the 1990s for you. Oh, that's no a different there. challenge. Five songs. That, what was the original song that I said? What, what was the original challenge that I, I think? Like re- unknown, like songs you may have forgot. Oh yeah, forgotten 90s songs. Forgotten yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like like no Ma- no mercy. Where did you go? Something like that. Yeah. Isn't that about 2000 and something? No, that's not, uh, that is 1998, I think. Cause it's a, it's okay, a, or like Vanilla, No Way, No yeah, Way. No, Manama, nah. Yeah, I think, yeah. Because No Mercy is linked to an old girlfriend, so I know that definitely is the late 90s. So let's so let's do that then. So it's Forgotten 90s Songs. Where did you go, my lovely? Yeah. Yeah. Forgotten 90s songs that can't be anything else but 90s songs. What, what, yeah, I can actually hear you making a note, a note with this. With I am writing it down, yes, yeah, so I remember, yeah. <laughs> We were going to talk about one more little thing, but I'll just gloss over it because we've done nearly an hour and I always say this is a shorter show, but it never turns out like that. Um, so just It doesn't matter because the tape will have run out by now, so we no, can say what the hell yeah, we it'll be the, the last five minutes will go. Joe, Joe can, Joe can apologise again like he did last week when he was drunk and oh, yeah. uh, say that I was right and he, he was yeah. wrong. The evidence speaks for itself on that one. Uh, oh, Matthew, you're so alpha. You don't have to wait to think about. I don't care. Like I really don't care. If you if you want me to say I'm sorry, Matthew, you were right. It doesn't bother me. I'm giving no, shit. No, no, I'll no, sit we down both, and watch agree. MTV. And, I'll sit down and watch MTV and stroke the cat and not give two monkeys about it. No. So Matthew, if it makes you feel better, I love you very much. You were right. I was wrong. Luton Town over Borough. For the record, when you stroke your cat, that's not a euthanism, is it? 
No, it's not you, Mr. Me. It's actually Roland. Well, while watching MTV. No, no, no. No, it's Archie. It's Archie. Although Archie count is finished. That was even annoying me, that. Somebody asked me to set up an Instagram account for Archie. Pictures of Archie. I'm like, yeah, but it pisses me off and bored of it. There's lots of, yeah, there's pet accounts. Anyway, our final little, we'll just gloss over I tell you what, people make money off it. Really? Yeah, you should do it with your child. I just sell pictures of your child on Instagram. I've got a dog, which I feel much more comfortable about doing. I'll do it with both. Well, just sell pictures of them both together, Ashley. There you go. There's the combo. Kid and dog, yeah. cats and kids. That's what I'd do. Find child. Hang on a minute. Is, is, kids. Has Celeste Patterson just come back in the room? <laughs> <laughs> hashtag Cora and Bunk. Look out for that hashtag. Anyway, yeah. 10th of February, 1999. This is a quick little nib because it's a game I remember quite vividly. This is in between the uh, key, uh, Hoddle and... I'm glad you remember it because Matthew doesn't Matthew have... Matthew has I'm going to clue about this game. England v France, 10th of February 1999. Uh, Hoddle's gone after he did his faux pas, which we've talked about before, I believe. Uh, Keegan's about to come in, but we've had far too much Keegan on this show already. So Howard Wilkinson, the last Englishman to win the league title still in 1992. English manager, that is, not obviously player that won it. He is the FA technical director. He took charge for one game where England were absolutely played off the park by the, the current world champions and soon to be European champions. Um, in a 2-0 win when, when Nicholas and Nelka got both goals. The, the quirk I always remember to this is that he recalled Lee Dixon to the squad, uh, age 34, five years after his, uh, his last cap for England, um, to play against this French team. And I'll read the team out to you because it's just a who's who of, of, of the players of that era. Bartes, this is this is super cool, by the way. I was looking forward to this. This What, this team? It's just ridiculous. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. Bartes... Turam, Lizarazu, Petit, Blanc, Jokaya, Deschamps, Desailly, Anelka, Zidane and Pires. I think Big Sant Lizarazu has the greatest name in the history of football. <laughs> it's not quite Jean-Pierre Babin, but it is. No, I like Big Sant Lizarazu. My ex-girlfriend was just in love with him um, because she just liked to go Big Sant Lizarazu. Yeah, like it, she just to her it just evoked sex and French <laughs> and arty baguettes and, and yeah. Uh, no disrespect. I mean, even on the bench, Leboeuf, Dugary, Will Todd, Vieira and Vincent Candler. Let's talk know. about Dugary, right? Because Dugary sets up the second goal. Yeah. Ex-Birmingham. And I wrote down... Christian Dugary, yeah. Dugary. Now, I wrote down his name because this made me laugh. Now, you know, on Sesame Street, there's this thing. You know, one of these things is not, not like, like the other. other. Yeah. One of these things is, you know, yeah, one of these things, three of these things are kind of the same. But you, you, you know what I'm on about. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going, to, I'm going to read you um, Christoph Dugary's team history. <laughs> <laughs> Bordeaux. Very, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, very French. Form of wine. Mm, sexy. Sexy, yeah. You know, Milan. Yeah, glorious place. Lovely, yeah. Glorious, lovely, mm. you know, many time Scudetto champions. Yeah. Barcelona. Well, says it. Says a to conjure with. Yeah. A beautiful football club, a beautiful city. Ash's favourite well, city in the yeah. whole world. Yeah, where I European got mugged. City. Where I got mugged. Where you got mugged, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not right, right my so by the sound of it. Marseille. Marseille, what a, what a beautiful city. You Chris know, Waddle, back yeah. again to France. Then he went to Birmingham City. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, oh yeah, that is a great, isn't it? You know, Bordeaux, year, Milan, Barcelona, Marseille. Birmingham City. Wow, it worked for them, didn't it? 
under Steve Bruce. Did they win well. the League Cup with him? No, it was before that. It was their first sort of stint in the Premier League when they, and he's, well, they, yeah, they'd gone down and come back up again after when they won the League Cup. And no, that was before that. It was, um, yeah, they were going to go down and then he brought in on loan, Steve Bruce, and yeah, kept them up that season, if I remember right. So that's one more place that Joel can't go out ever again. Or Birmingham. Yeah. I think they should be offended by not being compared to the cities well, listed. There's more canals than Venice. Still, there's less shopping trolleys in Venice, though, isn't there, probably? Well, there's two of you not going out on the Christmas day with Birmingham. I think Birmingham's, like, a nice place. It's got a nice arena. I'm sorry, I can't do it. Gladiators (laughs) was filmed there. i tell you what, no, here's my Birmingham compliment. Um, My favourite ITV regional television ident is ATV, and they were based in Birmingham. There you go. I know that seems like quite low praise, but that's a very good ident. No, well, also Gladiators was filmed there. That's legendary. Oh, the so, NEC, was yeah, it? Yeah, they can have that as well. We should get Die on one day. I, you say that all the time. Yeah. And also, she's not foot, strictly football, but, you know. No, still. but we just talk to her anyway we because just, she's nice. Because she's Jet, yeah, obviously. We and she's, you know. We're trying to talk to young Ara Fjortov, who replied to one of our tweets this week. So I know, I was good to Fjortov. He didn't bite. I know, we'll try again. Um... Yeah, so I was just mentioning that England match, and I was just looking at the England team as well. That so yeah, that was the first. Oh right, team. yeah, England were played. Yeah, yeah, the England team was Seaman. So Lee. Wilkinson's in charge at this point, and and if I told, do, do we all know the Jimmy Armfield story about Wilkinson in charge of England? Is this no? Do we? Does, Does it relate to Middlesbrough by any chance? No, it doesn't relate to Middlesbrough. But will it? Will it relate to Middlesbrough by the time we finish? Well, it? maybe. Probably. Who knows where yeah. it'll end up, Matthew? Okay. Who knows where it'll end up? I think Matthew? I can guess. Middlesbrough. Well, let's hope so. All roads lead to Borough. <laughs> <laughs> that's your autobiography name. That yeah, so that's, that's, Rome, that's Rome you've slagged off now. All well. roads lead to Borough, especially the A19 and the A66. Not, yes. the Co- not Cody Roads, though. Tell yeah. that to Cody, that's another wrestling. Robert, yeah. Robert Lee. Robert, yeah, but yeah, no, well, he took a plane. Yeah. Um, so tell it Wilkinson we was getting at the press conference, and it might be this, but didn't he have another go at, as caretaker manager as well? I seem to remember. Um, I think that, no, God, Peter Taylor did in like two thousand and something. I might be wrong anyway. So Wilkinson was talking about his team, and and a couple of journalists got a little bit uppity with him um, at the press conference, and um, Wilkinson got a bit chewy back and went, "Look." Anybody who's played for England can talk to me about this. Otherwise, shut up. And Armfield put his hand up and went, 49 caps. I'll ask <laughs> you some questions. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, this England Love team it. didn't... Like, it's like, why would you do that? You just There's always going to be... Whenever you try to play the waving your dick about card, as Matthew knows, um, <laughs> somebody's going to knock you down. And, and, and that's just, just what, as it happened that day, yeah. didn't it? Yeah, well, let me. I'm going to go through the England team finally before we leave it there because to compare it to the French team. So Simon Ingo, obviously still relatively at the peak of his powers. Lee Dixon, who would never play for England again. Graham Lasseau, Paul Ince, the governor. Adams and Keown, Beckham, Jamie Redknapp, Alan Shearer, a younger Michael Owen and Darren Hamilton. But off the bench, we had Jason Wilcox. I mean, no disrespect. Wow. Yeah, I know. Proper uh, winger, That's not actually a bad side, that, you know? Yeah, well, not compared to the French team, though. Well, no, but then who's going to be... You can't compare... You know, you can't, no one's going to... You can't all compare to that French team. But if you think about who was around at the time, that's not a bad team. I, did, I just didn't, I didn't say it was bad. I mean, Keown and Adams were sort of the end of their career at this point. So, it was, you know, the defence was a bit... 
you know, Lee Dixon being 34, Seaman 35. It was towards the end of their careers. But yeah, Shearer and Owen didn't play together enough for England for me. Um, Andy Cole on the bench as well, we already mentioned. A young Rio Ferdinand, Paul Scholes, and Nigel Winterburn. So they could have actually played an all-Arsenal back four. But there was a lot of talk that they should have done for yeah, a lot of many the 90s. Years. Well, yeah. many decades, Stuart, people have always Stuart said. Stuart that, though, didn't he? Let's be honest. Yeah. Stuart Pearce, you could not pick Stuart Pearce. Um, Lee Dixon, always surprised, didn't get more caps. Only got 22 caps for England. So, there we go. Um, yeah, quick other things we didn't mention. I'm not going to go into them. T- Tino Espria this week played his first game for Newcastle against two, Joel. Mm. Yeah, we know that story. And Bolton knocked out. I was at the game, right? Yeah, we so... heard this one. Yeah, that's why I didn't mention it. And then and Bolton beat Arsenal in the FA Cup. But we touched on that in our FA Cup uh, episode. But um, that's all we've got time for on this week in the nineties. We have put a tin lid on our discussion thanks to Tim. Um, a tin lid. Old tin, though. I a would tin like to, lid. You know, I would like to raise the glass. I'll, I'll go yeah. glass. We all right. like yeah, to, no, you, you don't normally use one, do you? I don't drink in the week. <laughs> Hold on, not you drink on a Thursday. Well, that doesn't count. That's yeah. Thursday. London Thursday. weekend television only started on a Friday night. It didn't start on a Thursday night. No, well, well, what have you got? A glass of water then? Are you hydrated? I've got a cup of tea next to me. I'll raise that. He's got a cup of tea. I think we yeah get Tim's uh, Twitter handle or what it is details. Yeah, I think we need to get him. I think we need to give him a shout. Anyone else that wants to email him with anything remotely interesting. I've, there is an actual AK90s email address. Is there? Yeah, well, there. I mean, how many episodes you, is this? About 100 and I didn't get, know this. The fact that you got an alert when someone sent the email. Was get, that, what other junk even, was in that email account? I don't even get I'm not even access to the email account myself. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the uh, the West 12 Media who produced this podcast. It's their email account. That's where it goes to. Info at west12media.co.uk. So it's not strictly an AK90s email. Well, maybe there we could be, set one up. Yeah. There could be reams of emails in there. I'm never, sure there's not. I've never read yeah. that people... Well, people is, be like Dave Meltzer, you know, people can ask us questions about things. We should do it. If people want to send us questions in, and I can imagine the five people that might send us questions I can, in, and yeah. I can imagine the answers that they'd already We could make get. it last an hour, I'm sure we could. There is, well, I'm sure we could. I'd tell you what, ask us one question. We're off like a top, aren't we? Exactly. Well, I will also shout out to someone else who did email me this week. So I've had actually two from that address. Oh, two emails. Uh, his name is Christopher Sweeney, who's got a new book coming out um, on Thomas Graveson, who is very late 90s, early 2000s. But yeah, he wanted to We'll plug that in a couple of weeks when it's when it's out. But thank you. We also, 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 we need to get um, John Smith on who's just done a cool football book about the 90s. And our friend Paul, well, my friend Paul Armstrong from Match of the Day, who's done a book called Why Are We On Last? And we must get him on to talk about Match of the Day in the 90s. So not telly in the 90s, because we've done that. We have to do Match of the Day in the 90s, yeah. Get him on to do Match of the Day in the 90s. He's your friend. Because he did them all. Well, he was at Newport yesterday, actually. He's probably been emailing that email account and no one's replied to it. Don't email Uh, us, tweet us. I I talked to him yesterday and I was like, how was it? He went, no, I said to him, he he was going, oh God, what a day, what a day. And I went, one ticked off and he went, I came here in 86. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, before. Anyway, um, for more of your friends, where can people find you on Twitter, Joe? Joel Baby Tweets these days, or they can find me at Joel Baby Herc. The original and still the best on uh, <laughs> like this time. on Instagram and um, yeah and I've got a cat going absolutely bloody mental. Right. But well, you deal with um, that and we'll, we'll hear from Matthew's Twitter account and uh, where he's what you're what are you writing about this week, Matthew? Well, I did a lot. Oh, of he's, stuff. he was all done. It was all Super Bowl. 
and rugby. Yeah, well, yeah. He's talking about the sports he pretends he knows about. I tell you what I did today, Matthew. By the way, I bought some tickets for England versus Ireland in the Test match at Lords. Oh, so you did, now you're pretend, now you're pretending to know about sport. That you, hey, uh, mate, I know like about cricket. cricket being fair. Ireland play cricket. Ireland are a Test nation. Yeah. yeah, I knew that one. Ireland just, and Afghanistan are the latest Test nations. Yeah. The Matthew. next ones will probably be Holland and Scotland. I would sort of outside guess imagine that's the third cricket reference on tonight so please move on and, and the last yeah the last Matthew yeah. Yeah. well like Joel said I have I have been covering lots of American sport but today well, this will be tomorrow now because of, did you enjoy the Super Bowl by the way sorry I don't mm. I, I mean I keep interrupting but Not it was a boring year. game wasn't it yeah this year was yeah, a terrible, it was a terrible game. game yeah, yeah. yeah. although yeah, my, my, my Patriots won again I'm, I'm the glory yeah. hunter oh, yeah. yeah I'm the glory hunter you're on the same side as Stephanie and Triple H you know always yeah so, you know, go on Brady. Well, you know, Brady's you have to the go where the money is, don't exactly. you? Actually? Yeah, good old Boston. So, Matthew, where can people find you on the Twitter? Uh, they can find well, me I on. I know t- about what Matthew's writing about. I, t- I was trying to tell you because today, at the night we're recording this, is the 61st anniversary of the Munich Air disaster. Indeed. I did a series of five pieces which are on Twitter. I've done a piece about the pilot who was blamed for the disaster wrongly and had to spend many years clearing his name there's a piece about harry gregg a unsung hero of munich there's a piece about jimmy murphy there's a piece about anything you need to know about a huge moment in footballing history there's a play a piece about frank swift a manchester city player that died in the munich air crash and or if you'd rather read rubbish about rugby or american football or cricket or golf you can read that as well it's good with the six nations matthew England or Wales? Probably, I'd probably say England, but England play Wales in a couple of weeks and that, Boy, the winner of that move will, on. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> I don't like it either. I just have to Tim write Love Joy. Boring rugby. Yeah. Go on. So you're at Matthew J. Christ, basically. That's what we're trying yeah, to say. Yeah. Any more questions you want to ask me about what I've been doing? Oh, I've got another piece going this week about where next for Jose Mourinho. That's for the sack race. Where do, you think, where, where do you think he's going to go? I mean, don't you, no spoilers. Hashtag no spoilers. Well, I don't know. Well, I basically come to the conclusion that he needs to go somewhere a bit more sort of, but where he can, he's gone through a spell now going to all the sort of establishment clubs, even though he was a bit of a renegade when he first came into the game. And then he's sort of turned himself into this establishment figure that went to clubs like United and Real Madrid. And, and I think he needs to find a, I think he needs to find his inner Brian Clough and take the modern day, Nottingham Forest or Derby County back I, I into the big time. Well, I, I, I nearly said Aston Villa there, you see, that would have well, been... I think, yeah, he, should be, I think yeah. he should be a national team manager. I think that well, would I think, a good I think, I think in terms of if you're putting a bet on, Joel probably will, I think he'll be the Portuguese... I think he'll be the Portugal manager in time, yeah. but... Um, That's what I think. Anyway. But, yeah. You like this... Hold on, before we go. You like this, Matthew. Um, I, had, I had £10 on a 10-to-1 shot today, and it was second... And the leader, which was leading by about 10 lengths, fell at the last. And my horse came romping home. <laughs> and luckily, the horse that, I, that, you know, that was leading isn't dead. So that's well, that's, well, I'm glad about that, because that would have been terrible. Well, but that's what a what, you know, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you really shouldn't bet on horses, then. I know I really shouldn't. I'm going to cut this off on purpose in a minute. Right, this has been AK90s. <laughs> I've been Ash Rose. Follow us on Twitter at AK90s or on Instagram at AK90s pod. Until next time, this is Alive and Kicking. Please. Hold on, hold on. The cat's just jumped on top of the fridge. Good night, everybody. And the cow jumped over the moon. Keep it 90s, thanks. Alive and